Hey there, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode. This is going to be a really fun one. We've got a special guest with us. His name is Matthew Modi. I hope I said that right, Matthew. Uh, he's from Odds Jam. He's a content creator. He's a data analyst. He talks specifically about sports betting. And we have shown that sports betting is one of those lanes that sports fans, avid, passionate hobbyists can use to make a little money with their passion. So Matthew's going to come on and talk a little bit about what Odds Jam does his job there and how the sports betting world is changing in a dramatic way. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You were close. It's Modi. 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 Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Everybody, everybody says Modi if they don't know. So it's, it's no problem. No problem at all, but you're well, close. You're I close. appreciate <laughs> you coming on here and taking the time to do this. We talked a little bit uh, before we went on here, just about what it is you guys do at Oz Jam and sports betting in general, the industry, how it's changing, what's happening with all of that stuff. Um, I don't know really where to start this other than to maybe ask you, like, can you give me a brief intro as to like, what is sports betting now? Cause back in the day we used to like fill out those little scratch pieces of paper on like <laughs> sports select and we'd pick our teams and we do our thing. Um, it's dramatically different now. So how does it work? Like what is sports betting in today's day and age? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, everything changed when New Jersey was the first state to legalize sports betting back in, I think it was 2018 when they first legalized it, sports books launched sometime that early summer, late uh, spring, something like that. But yeah, I mean, at its core, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's betting on sports. It's like, you know, the three main markets you're betting on, who you think is going to win, which is a money line, who you think is going to cover the spread, a point spread. Like, is the total going to go over under? Those are obviously the three main markets. And then, I mean, if there's a counting stat, it's probably something you can bet on, like team totals, player props, over or over under field goals in football, you know, like, will the biggest lead in an NBA game be over under 16 and a half? Like, basically, if there's a counting stat in any sport, you can probably bet on it. Um, I would say in terms of like the people they're they're from my experience, there are like two different types of sports bettors. There's the people that I kind of I kind of um, find myself in this category of like, that's a sports fan enjoy sports, watches sports, like has always loved sports and just kind of wanted to either get some skin in the game just to make it more fun or to kind of like test their knowledge. They think like, oh, I, like I know sports. I'm going to bet on it to see if I actually do know sports. Um, and then there's the people that just use it at, as an investment. Like they don't watch it. They don't care about it. They just use it literally as some sort of side gig, side income type thing. So today, is there more people leaning towards the investment side of it? Or do you still find that it's the casual sports fan that loves to kind of dip their toes in, uh, check it out, you know, maybe emotionally invest a little bit more in a game that they yeah. might not be cheering for. It might not be their team, but they want to feel like they're invested in the game and have some, like you said, skin in there. Sure. Where are most people going nowadays? Yeah. I mean, I would say like in, sh- in sheer just number of users, it's definitely the former. It's people who like sports that want to get some skin in the game. But I would say if you're looking at like actual dollars bet, as opposed to just the number of individuals, it's probably the latter people who look at it as an investment, because if you think about it, people that are using it as an investment, they're not going to bet $10 on, you know, oh, this is the, my favorite NBA play for the night. I'll bet $10 on it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're betting significantly more than that. Whereas there are some people that aren't necessarily trying to make money off of it. They're just trying to enjoy sports or test their knowledge they might just throw $10 on the Monday night football game just because oh, I'm going to watch it. I might as well have some sort of rooting interest. Is there a sport or is there a trend in the industry right now that just seems to be way more popular than others, whether it's college football or NFL or basketball, whatever. Is there one sport that really has taken this whole thing by storm or is it really just all over the map still? 
I mean, both like, I mean, NFL is king. It's king in sports betting. It's king in like viewership. It's it's king in everything. But I mean, the people that view it as an investment, they're betting on esports. They're betting on WNBA. They're they're betting on um, like Canadian football. So I mean, it's 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 both. It's like NFL is definitely king because that's just that's just what it is. But the people that, like I said, view it as an investment, they'll bet on anything. Do you have any like general numbers or stats in terms of just how big it's become? Because I've heard. Uh, and we'll ask this question in a second, but like sports leagues are starting to get behind this thing, right? Like this oh, yeah. isn't just, oh, yeah. uh, oh, hey, it was the taboo. Like, oh, we don't really want to go there. We kind of like, eh, it's addicting. It's this, it's that. It may be not the best thing for us to connect ourselves with, but it started to become, you know, very accepted. In fact, there's a lot of investments being made by some of these leagues into partnerships with these sports betting books and companies. One, do you have any idea like how big is the industry now? Like how many billions of dollars are you talking about here? And how much has it changed that these sports leagues are starting to embrace this? Yeah. So to answer your first question, I did look this up before we started recording. Um, the sports betting market was valued at $76 billion in 2021 Jeez. and is estimated to be $83.65 billion in 2022. Um, what, I, what I will say is I'm not entirely sure of what goes into that valuation. Um, like, I don't know, are they tallying up every major sports book? and what they're valued at and just adding that together. Is it total amount of money wagered? Is it that, that I'm not hundred percent sure, but, sure. Um, I'll, but that's what I read and that it's supposed to, there's projected to be over a hundred billion in 2025. Um, the only trend is just going to like, it's just going to keep going up more and more States are going to legalize it. Like California is, is passing a bill to legalize or they're voting on it. It's going to become legal in, in Maryland later this year. It's going to become legal in Ohio at the beginning of 2023. Um, so I think sports or states just realized how much money they can make off of it. Mm -hmm. So they're start they're definitely starting to embrace it. Um, in terms of it, like being more widely accepted in this professional sports leagues, like 100%, uh, you can't watch any sporting event for more than a minute without seeing an ad for Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel. Um, you see like the NFL partnered, they don't have like one major sports book. They partnered like unofficially, like officially partnered with like six or seven of them. Uh, the NBA partnered with FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, like you'll you'll see even like the BallyBet Arena, which is a sports book. I think I think that's the Pistons are like partnered with BallyBet. Some are partnered with like MGM. Some teams like teams specifically. So um, it was such like a taboo thing forever, and until it became legal. And then I think honestly, the sports leagues realized how much money they can make off of it. So they're like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll take some we'll take advantage of this. Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, if you're a league that hasn't embraced this. You're a little behind, you know, you're like doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. Yeah, you're just leaving yeah. a lot of money on the table. And when we talk about sports fans and side hustles and things that you don't leave money on the table, if you don't have to leave it on the table, right? Like that's, that's kind of what we teach. And that's what we talk about. Um, okay. So let's, let's switch gears just a little bit and let's get actually into some of the, uh, the do's and don'ts and the interesting tidbits that go with getting into this. Like for somebody who's listening to this, I know we're going to have some listeners who have done this before, who have tried some sports betting maybe they don't have a system uh maybe they're just you know trying it for the very first time so let's start with those people who have no clue what sure. to do and they're just kind of like you know what okay this is cool i like this idea i see it everywhere like you said i see ads all over the place i can't watch a hockey game now without a commercial coming up for something how do they get going like what what would you what were the three tips that you might give somebody just start starting out with all of this yeah sure um i would first at like have that individual ask themselves like what their main goal is. Are they, if they're just trying to have fun, then you, you really don't need to invest that much. Um, but if you're legitimately trying to make money and that's kind of how I answer this question is for people legitimately trying to make money. Um, my top three, like number one, 
and I think this is the most important one, I would just be educate yourself. Um, like it's, there's nothing that's overly complicated with sports betting, but it's just important to understand how it works. Like how do odds work? What is like the quote unquote vig or the juice? Like what is the house edge that people always talk about? Um, like what does that stuff mean? And then I would say, come to like an understanding of what your bankroll is and bankroll is just the amount of money that you are willing to dedicate towards betting on sports. Um, like I have, I'll get on customer calls and people ask me like, okay, like what, what should my bankroll be? And I, I never answer the question because it should be like an individual. You, you come to that determination with like your significant other or your family or whatever, and understand like how much you're comfortable betting on sports. Cause in reality, it's, it should be something that you're comfortable losing. You know what I mean? Like if you, if, if it's an amount that you can't pay your bills or you can't live your life, how you want to live it, then you should lower that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but with how many different sports books there are, it's a little bit, it's not like your bankroll is static day to day. Like, you know, if you have a good day on Fandle, you'll have more outstanding. If you have a bad day, whatever. Um, but I kind of just like have a blanket number of what you're comfortable investing. That's your bankroll. And the last one, then this is probably um, like the most important in terms of actually making money. You have to sign up for everywhere. Like every sports book that's available, you have to sign up. Um, not only are you, can you take advantage of the, um, like the signup bonuses that all these sports books offer, like thousand dollar risk-free bet, or some of them just have like a deposit match. Like you deposit 250 bucks and they'll match that. So you get a, a literal free 250 bucks. Um, and then if you're signed up for more sports books, you can kind of line shop and get the best odds. Um, I would say that's, that's one thing I didn't necessarily understand before I started like kind of working with Dodge Jam is that every book is going to have a different line. Like they're not all the same. They don't just come from the same feed. So the more sports books you're signed up with, the higher chance you have of taking advantage of some book that just has a stale line, something like that. Okay. So we're in a minute, we're going to get into some of that because I know that one of the things that you guys teach as a system is how to use those lines and the different uh, wagers and the bets that they give you and the different odds and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to do this prior to, but I, I'm going to ask you now just because I think it's going to be really helpful for beginners. You talk about odds. You talk about um, being able to understand those. Can you give a very brief introduction to people who are brand new to this, how to read basic odds? So the minuses, the plus, the vigs, the juices. Can you do a very quick run through for the, for us on that? Sure. Yeah. So odds, how odds work. If you see a minus before anything, A, that dictates the favorite. So that team is the favorite. Um, plus is the opposite. If any, if it's a plus, it's the underdog. Um, and if you see minus odds, that is how much you would have to risk in order to profit $100. So minus 110 is the most standard you'll see. That means you have to risk $110 in order to profit 100. That's what the minus means. Uh, the plus is kind of the inverse of that. It's, it's how much you would profit if you risked $100. So if you see plus 140, that means if I risked $100, I would profit 140. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so if you're putting in a little bit of money, you the plus is telling you how much you stand to win and if you're the minus is telling you how much you need to bet to make your 100 bucks. So you'll get exactly. your original investment back plus the $100. So if it's like minus 110, you stand to make 210 bucks, but you stand to lose 110, is that correct? Um, yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Okay. Right. So your payout would be 110 and that kind of transition to like what the VIG or the juice is. Um, the easiest way to describe it to someone that doesn't know anything about anything 
you can essentially view it as a tax that sportsbooks price odds themselves. So you can you can place as many bets as you want and you don't get charged a transaction fee. Like you don't get charged, you know, a, a certain percentage for physically placing the bet. Instead, what they do is they juice up the odds a little bit. Um, and if you if you want to use the minus one ten example, because that's you'll you'll see that the most often. Um, so you have to risk 110 to win 100. So let's say there's like two different betters, right? You're on one side, I'm on the opposite. If you risk $110 to win 100 and you win, you get a payout of $210. So, but and so basically, you um, you make 100, you make 100, you risk 110. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm risking 110 and I'm losing all 110. So the sportsbook profits $10 from that interaction, just from me and you. So you multiply the 200, $220 risked against thousands and thousands of people betting and even more money. And you kind of understand. So that's how they make so much money. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So the, the basic bare bones of this is sports books are making their money based on the traditionally sheer quantity of bets. And there's small little chunks at a time that most of us, when we're playing, winning or losing, probably won't even notice, but they do it so much and they make so many nickels and dimes and dollars and that it's, billions by the time it's all done so that's that's how they're making all their money off of this so where can and oz jam teaches this where can sports betters take advantage of the fact that each of these sports books have different lines different odds they have different ways that they research the game and say here's the odds of this and that so um where does your system differ from just somebody going in there and going okay i'm going to pick this winner i'm going to pick this spread i'm going to like how's how do how can you take advantage of this sure so there's a, there's a couple of things there. Number one, I think people that are new need to understand that, that not all sports books are going to have the same odds, like, like I mentioned. Um, and each sports book is kind of run like they're, an own, they're their own individual stock market, meaning money moves the price. At the end of the day, of course, outside influences like injuries, weather, whatever is going to affect every sports book. But individually, sports books change odds based on how they receive money. So if it's a, like, if, you know, if, if it's a minus 110 each way and one side of that gets heavily, heavily bet, they're going to make that side more expensive to buy because the sports books essentially want 50-50 payout no matter who wins or who loses or total goes over or under or whatever. And that's how they make their money, right? Because if they, if they charge a little bit of juice, then 50-50 payout is really like 52-52 and they'll make 2%, right? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, not every sports book does the best job at pricing odds. Like some are just inherently better than others, whether that means they move their lines quicker, whether that means they accept more money. So they kind of have a more um, like they have a, a bigger and better representation of what the actual betting landscape thinks. Not every sports book has them priced the same. So the way you can take advantage of sports books, and this is, I mean, the root of, of odds James system is it's not handicapping. It's not like picking winners or whatever. It's just rooted in math. It's basically, they like, they back tested thousands of betting opportunities to basically determine, okay, now what, like there's 40, 50 major sports books, which ones are the best, uh, like consistently, which ones do the best job at pricing odds. Uh, so like they back tested thousands and thousands of betting opportunities to, to make that determination, to learn which ones are the best. And then they remove that vig or juice or whatever to basically get an accurate representation of what the, like the sharp sports books, the smart ones think of a line. So 
like the removing the VIG part, I think is, isn't something that we've talked about yet. Basically, so we know that the, the juice is, is what Sportsbook's price up odds. If you remove that and basically just have the like the 50-50 payout with nothing added, that is basically the, the true representation of how a sportsbook views a market. So the minus 110 each way is basically the sportsbook saying that this is a 50-50 bet. We don't think one side is more likely. Right. Um, so, and then that's how odd chain works. So basically it's just a software that removes the VIG and then provides opportunities where you're getting more favorable odds on another sports book, uh, like a FanDuel or a DraftKings. And that would be the bet that you would want to take. It's, it's taking advantage of, of mispriced lines. Um, I think that's the math part of it is why it, um, it's gravitated towards so many people because it's there's no bias. There's no, oh, you, like you just don't like this team. It's just no, like we're not doing any handicapping. We're letting this, like we're not going to be smarter than the sports books. So we will find the smart ones. And then we'll take advantage of the ones that aren't as sharp at this individual at this certain time. And that's, I mean, that's the root of their whole system. So it's, it's probably not the best example that I'm about to give, but in a way <laughs> it's kind of like blackjack counting cards, you, but you're it's, it's legal, right? Like you can go in and you can look and examine the math and all the different odds and you can count which stats give you the best probability. You can play them off of each other. And at this point, it's not really a gamble because you know that you're going to lose some and you know that you're going to win some, but the trick is to win more than you lose, even if it's just a small amount. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, we like, we partner with the sports folks. Like they're very aware of what Aj Ajim is doing. And like, we have partnerships with them as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the example that I like to, to give people is it's, basically like a weighted coin where you're flipping coin, you know that it's weighted and then it's going to land on heads 55% of the time. But the other person that you're, that you're placing the bet with, you're flipping the coin with doesn't know that. So they just think it's 50, 50. So you're going to, you're going to bet on heads every single time, knowing that after a hundred flips, it should be 55 after a thousand flips should be 550. Like, yeah, you'll still lose 45% of the time, which will be annoying, but um, you know that over time, like it's the smart bet to bet on heads because it's weighted. That's kind of, I mean, that's like the easiest way that I've found to explain it to people that like don't understand anything. So it's it's a long-term game that you understand. It's slow incremental builds. Uh, you have to do a sheer quantity of bets, a number of bets, and it will pay off in the long run. Just feels like small little increments at a time. So where does arbitrage betting come into all of this? Like how does that play? Sure. So um, what I've been explaining is, is positive expected value. It's, it's, um, it's like betting on a play that, you know, is more favorable to occur. Arbitrage happens when two books have such different odds that you can literally bet both sides and you, and you will guarantee a profit, um, which sounds like a scam. Whenever people hear guaranteed profit, risk-free, whatever, they're like, okay, that's, that's BS. I don't, I don't buy it. But, um, with arbitrage, there is legitimately, excuse me, zero scenario in which you lose money. Um, and the example is like, you know, the Sixers and the Celtics played last night. If the sit looks for, let's pretend the Sixers money line is plus 120. The Celtics is minus 115. You bet a hundred dollars on the Sixers. You profit $120. You risk 115 on the Celtics or like, I guess in this case, a little bit more, whatever, like 117, you profit over a hundred dollars. No matter who wins, you, you're profiting some sort of percentage. Um, so arbitrage is basically when, when two books are so misaligned that you can bet both sides and you can guarantee a profit. 
Interesting. And so is that becoming a trend that a lot of people are doing? Or like you said at the beginning of this interview, it's not necessarily the bulk of people that are in the sports betting game, but it's the investors. It's the ones who are like, I see this as an opportunity to do math, to take advantage of a system that doesn't care to correct itself. And I can make a little money here uh, by just playing both sides of the coin and, you know, recognizing the one that's going to pay me out a little bit at a time and just keep doing that over and over. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you'll never, you won't go broke hitting singles is kind of the the strategy there uh, or the, the thought process there. Yeah. I, I'll say what I've found is the people that have the mo- have the highest bankroll, but the lowest risk tolerance are going to be people that gravitate towards arbitrage. Like, yeah, I have, you know, 20 grand, 10 grand, whatever to, to blow, but, but I don't want to risk losing any money. So though you have to like the, the downside of arbitrage is you have to risk a lot of money for not a high percent payout. Like the majority of, of like ROI with, with arbitrage is between like point, like half a percent at the very, very high end, like 2%. So um, you have to risk a lot to, to make a lot. And people that have smaller bankrolls don't might not necessarily have the patience with that. And like positive EV betting is is riskier. Like there's variance. You'll have bad days, weeks, months, whatever. But the ROI is higher in the long run because you're only you're only betting one side. You're not betting both of it. So you're not automatically cutting your your potential profit in half. So it's kind of like mutual funds versus stock market, right? You can go into the stock market, you can risk everything, and you could stand a gain huge, but you could also lose your shirt. But in the mutual yeah, you, funds, you're putting a lot of money into something that's going to pay off a very slow, very slowly, very small percentage over time. And then 20 years later, when you've forgotten that you've been invested a, a little bit every month, you look at it and you go, oh, I've got some money there. So that's kind of what the arbitrage is. You're getting into it. You're investing some money, um, but you know that you're probably not going to see a huge return right away. You're playing the long game instead of just throwing your money in on one team and hoping that you hit. Is that kind of what people yeah. are doing there? Yeah, pretty much. You're you're investing in the S and P 500, and you're going to take your half percent growth year over year. Um, it's kind of what arbitrage is. I mean, the cool part of it is it's instead of year over year, it's every day. You know, if you're if you're arbing every single day, you're making half a percent every single day. So that fifty dollars in profit, whatever however much you're risking, is a daily profit as opposed to you know waiting waiting years and years to return on that. So expected value or positive expected value bets is a little different though than arbitrage betting. So how does that come into play here? Yeah. So that is the positive expected value betting is like the weighted coin example. Okay. I was giving, um, it's a little more complicated. The, the literal definition of positive expected value is when you are placing a bet that, you know, as the sports better has a higher chance of occurring than the reflected odds of the sports book which is a mouthful. I understand for sure. But so essentially all odds have a win probability associated with them. So whenever sports books price odds, they basically say, we think this bet has a 50% chance of occurring. So 50% equals plus 100, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, like I was explaining before, the the Godsham calculates the Novig odds and let's pretend that they're minus 110. So we think that this bet is going to occur. Minus 110 is like 52.36 win percentage, whatever. Um, but you can get this bet on DraftKings at plus 100. So plus 100 odds reflect a 50% win percentage, which, mean, which means you need to win 50% of the time to break even. 
any time, like if you're, if you're placing as a million plus 100 bets, if you win exactly 50% of the time, you will break even any number above 50%, you're profiting, obviously the higher, the more profit. And we know based on all this backtesting that the true line of this should be minus 110, which equates to a win percentage of 52%, let's call it. So that gap, the 52% to 50% is quote unquote positive expected value. Um, so you can actually calculate what your expected profit, your expected return is on an individual positive expected value bet. So tell me, how does, I know that people hearing this, some of this is going to sink in, especially for people who've done this before. And then others are going to hear this and go, I'm still totally lost. Too so over my head. Yeah. Yeah. So how does Oz jam help here? Like if you wanted to get into this and you wanted to take advantage of this sort of stuff, is there something that Oz jam offers? Is there a platform, a service, a thing, or just education? Like what can people who are new to this, but are like, man, this sounds really intriguing. I want to learn more but I'm like, I'm still not totally sold that I know what I could do if I were to try this on my own. Uh, Where does OzJam come into play here? Yeah, sure. So there's a betting education hub on the OzJam website that's completely free. Um, You go to OzJam.com, you hover over betting education and a bunch of links pop up. Um, There's a getting started guide, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a guide for people who are literally starting at ground zero. Um, There's also a ton of educational stuff on YouTube. So if there's any type of sports betting concept that you want to learn more about, I can assure you there's a video on the YouTube channel posted from OddsJam. So like, what is positive EV? There's probably six videos that you could find if you just search positive EV OddsJam. What is arbitrage? Same thing. Um, even if you want to go like in the like strategies, like, you know, what's the best way to use a risk-free bet? Because you hear that all the time on sports books. Oh, and like $1,000 risk-free bet, which it sounds like monopoly money. Um, so you if you want to learn what that means, like it's on the YouTube channel. So that would be my advice. Go to the website, check out the betting education guide. And then if you want something a little more like interactive that you can actually watch, then I would recommend checking out the YouTube channel. No, that's great. So your three keys were, and you have to remind me, educate yourself as much as possible, which is what you just talked about, right? Uh, sign up for as many sports books as you possibly can, because the more information and the more access you have, uh, the better off you'll be. Plus there's a whole bunch of freebies and bonuses. And then what was the third one? You said you had the third tip. Yes. Understand your bankroll. Right. So know exactly what you can afford to lose, know what you can afford to bet, where you sit in this whole landscape of stuff. I have one more question before I let you go here. What is the, you, you talked about how the sports books, they understand what you guys are doing. They understand what sports betters like you guys are doing. At some point, does this become an issue? Like, is there a situation where this, the sports books are like, seriously, like all you guys do is win do they care or does it just actively promote more people getting into the game and they're cool with it knowing that like, is there a risk for anybody who gets involved at this level doing this sort of thing? No, not, not as of right now. I mean, unless Ajdan becomes bigger than ESPN, I don't, I don't foresee that being an issue because right now all the sports books care about is just how can we get more users? Yeah. If this, if this startup sports betting company will help us get more users, then, then that's fine. I think they'll, um, they'll accept that maybe a fraction of the percent of people will make a profit off of them, but it's just that it's just a fraction. So as of right now, the only thing FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, whatever care about, how can we get users to use our platform? Cause there's so many depending on your state, like I'm in Colorado, I think there's 26 for me to choose from. Every sports book is saying, okay, how do we get, how do we get Matt? How do we get Jim on our sports book? Right. So kind of like a lost leader at a Walmart. They just want you in the door. 
They're going to dump something for cheap. They're going to know that some people are going to win uh, more than they lose. And they're okay with it because one, it gets more people using their platforms to get more, more people betting. Uh, two, it's going to create better partnerships with some of these sports leagues and they become bigger and the yeah. industry itself grows, which is great for them, right? It means more revenue coming in from other streams besides just the sports betting. It, it makes a lot of sense that people would do this and they would get in at this level. So uh, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time to sort of walk people through how this works. Um, if they wanted to check out something here at Ozjam, what would you recommend? Just go straight to Ozjam.com uh, or check out the YouTube page first. Where should they start? Um, I would recommend starting on YouTube. Uh, okay. It's kind of like the biggest marketing platform for Ozjam as of right now. And it's, I mean, there's some videos where it's like, here are my you know, NFL best bets for the week. But then there's also stuff that's more educational that I think would resonate towards the, the newer users more. Um, and then once you watch enough videos, you can hop on Ozjam and start a seven-day free trial. Completely free to use. You can cancel at any time. Um, play around with it from there for, for completely free for the first week. No, very cool. I appreciate this. This is going to be great. I think that uh, people who want to get into sports betting and have just been too afraid to get started and aren't really sure that they know what they should be doing and don't want to risk losing all their money because they don't have the information and they don't have the education, I think you're going to find this really useful. So, uh, yes, for everybody else listening, check out ozjam.com. Go to their YouTube page. Check out their videos. Educate yourself as much as you possibly can obviously outside of some of the stuff that we're going to be teaching you in these courses. But uh, Matthew, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care.